Hey, everyone, and welcome to the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast. This is your host, David Rodriguez, with my co-host, Kirby Lupel. Kirby, I hear it's getting a little bit colder in Calgary, even though it's impossible to believe, but it's nice and warm here in South Florida. How are we feeling over there, my friend? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, It's been a nice week. I've been able to get my Christmas shopping done, some errands done, but next week I'm going to hunker down because it's going to be, I don't know, like minus 30 F Fahrenheit. I got to convert it in your oh, guys' wow. realm. So, yeah, I'm going to be like hunker down and then that'll like that'll blend all the way into like Christmas weekend and everything like that. So a lot of football, a lot of hockey spaces will keep me busy. I know we haven't um, recorded in a while here, David, but I've been busy with our spaces community and that stuff. And then of course, everything going on in discord. So still lots going on in the Panthers community, but it's nice to touch base with you here um, before the holidays. And then, you know, we're going to probably record a couple times through the holidays as well. So for sure. Last time we met, we had done that little preview of, uh, the Winnipeg Jets game, talking about Paul Maurice and his experience there. And obviously that game didn't go relatively well for the Panthers, which we figure the end of a road trip uh, always in Winnipeg is tough. But yeah, it's just been where the Panthers continue to be that inconsistent, consistent team that we can't really put our finger, at least I can't really put my finger on which way this team yep. is going to trend. It seems like, you know, during that road trip, man, this is going to be terrible. Then they got those two wins in Vancouver, Seattle. Then that loss in Winnipeg was, okay, that's expected. They get a nice win in Detroit at home. You felt good, 5-1 going into Tampa. Then a stinker there, a stinker against Seattle at home. A nice win against Columbus uh, last Tuesday. And then uh, kind of a, I don't want to say an even game against Pittsburgh. I still felt that Pittsburgh was relatively dominant against us at certain points but yeah just a matter of that inconsistent uh play i don't know if it's illness what, what what's going on over there Kirby? what do you see and that's really alarming you right now yeah i'm just like you do i'm kind of befuddled of what it is like and you know my co-hosts on spaces nick and lex and cody were like it's not one thing it's a bunch of things and i know they discussed that with you too it's like win one game by four or five goals and then lose one game by three or four goals. The Seattle game I wasn't happy with. Um, we're two and oh, two and four since our last podcast recording. I looked over December here. You know, I, I know we won those two at the beginning of the month against Vancouver and Seattle on the road, two decisive five to one wins. But then, you know, we've lost two in a row. So it's pretty much like you said, it's win one, lose one. 16 goals for and 19 goals against in these last six games mm -hmm. um, since, we, since we last talked about here on our podcast. And it's just... It's really hard because like Barkoff's out of the lineup with illness and then Lundell's out. Well, how many teams around the league can, you know, sustain having their top two out of three centers out of their lineup? And then you're calling up all these AHL cops, which we'll get into. And then there's been injuries and illnesses there. And then, you know, our goaltending, that's that's been affected by this as well. Having right. one of our superstar players in the lineup and then just recently having the other one out um, because he's sick now. So it's mm -hmm. just a lot to to kind of wrap your head around, but we're going to try to do as best as we can and kind of break down maybe the four or five different parts of this team. What, you know, mostly is not going right, right, right now versus what has been. Yeah. And I think the first piece that was relatively, you know, hurting us the most, at least to end that road trip was Lundell. You know, he went on the road trip and then he went down. Hornquist went down on the road trip. Gudis went down on the road trip. Hornquist, who they put on LTIR actually gave us, a little bit of room and, and wiggle room to make some call-ups. Finally. Like, yeah, like Zach Dalpy, uh, Kierstad came back, Tierney was called up, Hepo Niemi came back, Dennis Sankos, uh played the last few games. So, you know, it gave us some wiggle room, but like you said, 
Lundell missing, you know, who who at the time was our number two center uh, with Barkov out with pneumonia, which was confirmed, not anything with baby mama drama. <clears throat> so, you know, it really put us in a tough spot calling these guys up uh, in short notice. And it just seems like every game at five o'clock, we're wondering, is this guy going to be in? Is he going to be out? Is, you know, the morning skates are, I've become totally, I guess, voluntary uh voluntary according to every you know reporter that says they're not mandatory they're optional so there's real no understanding of what's going on till you know you get to the rink and you find out oh for Hagee's still not good oh Lundell's still not good oh now Kachuk's not good so it's like a really really strange bug that's going around in this team that you're not really seeing from other teams in the NHL at least I don't think so from afar and I don't know if it's Maurice David saying like, oh, like this is what our fan base has been really upset with Maurice and we can get into him a little bit. I've been upset with him on his post game thoughts, too. It's like, well, you know, we need Barkov back or, you know, tonight we don't have one of our horses in the lineup could chuck or we don't know what our lineup's going to be. And like some of that is factual, but it's also frustrating to hear from your head coach. But then you're not knowing, you know, sometimes I'm getting these away broadcasts. This is a whole nother thing up here in Canada. So I don't even know what the lineups and I'm getting back back you know for puck drop i'm like what do we what do we have out here tonight i don't know you know and it becomes like then it becomes our number one line center when barkos out of the lineup because lindell's not even an option because he's out of the lineup and then you got verhage playing with him and you got kachuk up there and then when kachuk and barkov work together there for that one game you, you kind of put them up and you kind of stack that first line because i can see maurice's objective there or kind of thought process because we don't have a lot of players because we're even losing AHL guys from injury and illness. You mentioned Tierney. He's out of the lineup now. And so then Dennis Sanko's in there and then Heppel was sent down and then he's called back up. So it's like, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what it is when all these things are happening. Remember a lot of these players, David, whether they're getting called up from the AHL or, you know, signings this year, another guy, Colin White that we didn't mention, he's out of the lineup Mm -hmm. and Colin White's in the, cousins of the world these players are new to us as panther fans so we're trying to get acclimated to these new players not to mention kachuk and then all these ahl call-ups and then they're out and then we're like who's next so like a lot of our fan base on discord is becoming like charlotte checkers and ahl like kind of experts like i in that roster and like who's going to be our next call up and that's been a lot of our talks on spaces too okay we have these options i'm glad that we do have those options and i think the hornquist injury which a lot of our fan base knows it point is kind of a blessing in disguise because with all these injuries and illnesses we can call up people because i said you know i was on someone's spaces today from our community and they were just hosting a non-sports spaces and i was like what can you do when you're shorthanded one two players before you even before even puck drop david and you don't have the options before when hornquist was in the lineup around that time of calling players up like you're already handcuffing yourself and you're trying to beat the Carolinas, Boston's and Pittsburgh's of the world. That's like nearly impossible. I was happy with the effort against Pittsburgh with all things considering and who we had in the lineup. But, you know, outside of that, like it's, it's not like trying to make excuses for Maurice or the team, but yeah, I don't remember the last time we've had this many injuries to key parts of the team and then even having call-ups and players in the lineup and then them going down. It's pretty crazy. For sure. And we heard the news this week. I think they had the GM's meeting here in West Palm beach you know, talking about the cap and stuff like that, you know, will, do they think it's going to be going up relatively soon, even as, as soon as next year? And this, the news didn't sound very optimistic for teams that are fighting with the cap right now. I think Gary Bettman was quoted saying they only estimate about a million more in the cap being added next year. So, you know, we're going to get some wiggle room with some contracts being over with uh, this this summer. But, you know, a million is, is going to be very tough 
to you know consider extending guys like Gudis or even bringing guys back that maybe are doing uh, will play better in the second half like Colin White, Nick Cousins, guys like that that were given one two year deals. You know where will they be? Uh, I think another name that is maybe oh slowly- David just to jump in, I had tweeted something out on your point there um, via TSN radio segment that I heard and was with Pierre LeBrun and he said he was at the board of governors meetings and GMs around the league are not happy with the lack of cap space and movement. Mm-hmm mainly due to the facts of the pandemic. So teams for like sure. Florida, they mentioned Florida, are ready to rock and roll on trades and some movement. And it's can't. not for lack of trying. So right. They just can't. Like, like we said, Zito's been trying this summer and throughout the season, and you can only do it so much you can do when your hands are tied, likely right. due to like the pandemic and where the cap is at. Right, we've talked about this since the beginning of the season. When Duclair comes back, we're looking now about a few weeks away from that. What happens? You know, there's, there's, if, if it's Hornquist, he's skating now. It doesn't look like his injury is going to keep him out for more than, you know, a few more weeks. What happens when he comes back? There's no room. Does Duclair get traded? Does somebody get traded? Somebody, something's going to happen. So we're getting really close to that time. And uh, I, I don't know. I just still think Duclair is very valuable for our team that we feel like we're missing. But I guess at the end of the day, Zito is going to have to pick somebody whether it's Bennett, whether it's Duclair, you know, you know, we'll talk about Ekblad a little bit. I have in my later, notes, but... David, what do you project with Duclair? What do you project with Duclair, um, the situation if we have to trade it scenario? And then where if he's in the lineup, where do you kind of project him as? Because that's been a big hot topic this last week here on Spaces. Well, I, I don't asked, know if I've got your full thoughts on it. I asked the Discord this morning, you know, I put it like a scenario, deal or no deal. And I had said Duclair for a second round pick, doesn't matter from what team. And I think there were like five, six people that were saying, no, that's not enough. Make it two second rounders, maybe in a first. Do you think Duclair carries a first round pick value at, you know, coming off an injury like that? I I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. I, I didn't see that t- this morning on Discord, but I wouldn't think no, that carries, especially one, coming off the injury. Maybe a second rounder with like maybe a prospect, something like that. That a, a team... B minus prospect or a B prospect. Right. That's yeah, what I that's not what the fan base is going to want to hear. But I'm for just sure. trying to be objective and fair. For sure, for sure, realistic. That you know there might be a name moved here soon that is going to be very, very touchy for the fan base to get rid of. Um, if Duclair does stay, uh, I would assume that you know last year he was with Bennett and Huberdo. Does he go in with that Bennett? Uh, line and stay there with with Bennett and then you know does Kachuk stay on the first or does Reinhardt move down it, it, it's tough to say for sure uh but doesn't it upset you, you in the fan opinion. base sorry David doesn't upset the fan base like they're like if we can't find a way to move Hornquist out and if we lose someone like Duke or you know Bennett or something like that like fan base is just going to lose their mind and what I'm sure. I'm sad about it because next year and even this summer coming up cap space opens up where we don't have to lose anyone for sure so it's not like we're trying to do something for a long-term gain here it's like we're taking a short-term hit and then something that could affect us long-term going into next season and the season after so that's the part of that really kind of sucks absolutely there's really no ifs ands or buts here it's just plain and simple there's not enough room in the cap to have all of the players we we would want on the team and you know there's no and way David, we need to have 12 skaters in 6d like we can't keep going shorthanded and for sure. have everyone back because how can we you play winning hockey and realistically try to make a playoff run if we can't even ice a full roster so. exactly and there's not like unless like i said we were going to talk about a little bit later i mean Ekblad, i don't know that would be a piece that if you were able to move and not retain any salary that creates a little bit more space to have more roster depth but like we've talked about, it's very difficult 
you know, in my opinion, for them to move on from Ekblad right now, uh, just based on the lack of depth we already have at defense, uh, you know, in the top two, three, two, two pairings, in my opinion. So, do I want to get into Ekblad here for a couple minutes and how? Not you... really. <laughs> not yet. Been on the ice for about eighty percent of goals in the last three games. Oh man, David, all the calls I've had to field, but that's a guy that's been bothering me all season. Yeah, not that's, yet. Not someone, not someone I wanted to talk about real quick was Barkov. Uh, you know, confirming Barkov did have pneumonia for several weeks. Confirmed by his father, he was interviewed in Finland. Uh, you know, just getting an update on his son that he had fever of about 103, 104 degrees. Uh, was very severe. He started skating when the Panthers, I think, finally got to about that Vancouver game. I think that's when he started to skate. And he was back for the Detroit game. So, you know, you, we knew it was going to take a little bit of time to get Barkov back to speed. Do you think he's gotten back to speed just yet? Or he's still kind of getting over that pneumonia that was very severe? I've been happy in general with Barkov since he's come back. And I'm just kind of like pulling up his numbers here, David. But it's yeah, been a really numbers, frustrating. The numbers are different. I just from your eye, do you think he looks like that guy that's, you know, taking pucks and turning pucks over uh, in in the uh, the offensive zone, creating chances? I don't know if I could say he's a hundred percent just yet. No, I, I, no, I, I can tend to agree with you there, David. And it's, it's, it, he, it gets one goal and one assist in the Columbus game plus three. He played twenty one minutes. He played twenty two minutes in the Pittsburgh game. Looked really effective against Columbus. One of the best players on the ice. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's been frustrating with our fan base, and I know he's coming back from pneumonia and he's had different things off the ice this season. But it's like we need him to be the best in these games that we need to win, right? Against teams like Pittsburgh. We talked about this on spaces against the Crosby's against the Bergeron's against the Braden points. Like we need Barkov to be our best and better against a lot of these players. Like some of these players are out of their prime, like Patrice Bergeron. If he's going head to head against him, whether he's got like an ailment or he's like at the end of the day, me and Nick said in spaces, if he's on the ice, he's playing. So if you're on the ice and you're playing, you have to perform. And it's I feel like you're saying, David, he's not back to his full self because one game he's on, one game he's off. Some people are saying that's kind of a Barkov mentality. But I've seen in the regular season where he can elevate his play against some of the premier teams. But yeah, like gone are the days of, of Barkov putting up three points against Detroit and four points against Montreal. We need him to be effective in these big games coming up. And like you've said, David, multiple times before to our fan base on Twitter and Instagram, Panthers have like the first sec hard, hardest strength of schedule remaining. So mm-hmm. all these teams that we're going to play interdivision, um, interconference, we've already played the Western Canadian road trip. We've already done the California road trip. A lot of these games upcoming uh, before the holidays, through the holidays, after the holidays are going to be huge Eastern conference games. Some of them four point games. And we need Alexander Barkot to be our best player. We've leaned on Kachuk all year. We've leaned on some good goaltending lately from Bob. And, and then before that night, we need Barkov. Right to be that constant player for us. And I've always broke down his, his numbers, David, he always has a slow October, November. This has probably been one of his most challenging October, November's if not ever. And we're talking on the ice and off the ice stuff with all the things with the organization, all the stuff personally with him, this has been one of his most challenging starts to a season. And he always starts slow. We need to start to see him get going here. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Not just off, you know, with the pneumonia, but like you mentioned, I don't know how much, you know, we could really bring into that baby drama of whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. The Huberdeau that, stuff? Yeah, for sure. The Huberdeau, I think he even, you know, I, I don't even think he was playing fully healthy when they played him at home. I think he just wanted to play because he wanted yeah. to be with Huberdeau again. So, 
Yeah, really strange from Barkov. You hoping that, like you said, when these games are coming up against New Jersey, against Boston, against the Islanders, against Carolina, just over these next few weeks, these big, big, tough games that are in the conference, you hope that he can be the best. You hope that Kinchuk can get over his ailments quick. You hope for Hagee, although he was ill, can cannot, you know, he, he can get his strength back uh to full speed. Lundell, you hope it's just the names keep going on and on that it's like, man, you know, if this team is full, is are they better than their 14, 13, and four record right now? I, I would assume so. But it's just it I feel like the fan base is just so torn between believing in this team and not believing in this team because everything that is coming out especially from Twitter and, and Instagram has just been like last year. Like, well, what about last year? What about last year? It's like, yeah, for sure. What about last year? But we knew that wasn't going to be attainable, but we also didn't think that we'd be almost 500 in, in the middle of December either. Um, in my personal uh, and, opinion. And you and can even last, see it in the last stands. Year, Dave, last year, Dave, people are bringing up Huberto and Uyghur and like, stop bringing them up. They're from the past. But then I also yeah. see different fan base bring up our season from last year with Bruno and our record. It's like, that was last year. Let's focus on this year. Well, so you it's like dragging it in- people away from the past and pushing them into the present. It's been a very challenging uh, type of season. That I don't think we would have ever envisioned, David, you know, starting our community in our first full season here yeah. and kind of what the product that's been on the ice. And I don't know, David, you can speak on that being uh, being a native South Flor- Floridian. Like you cheer for the, the Canes and the Dolphins and the Heat. Like, is it a bit of PTSD? And the Marlins are a great one. Like from those fan bases that have got into people's consciousness or is it, you know, because Florida has a one good season and then they always take two steps back through their franchise history. Well, you and could, that's kind of bleeding into it too. You could see it in the in that Detroit game. I don't know if you saw the video, Kirby, that the, the fans were fighting against each other yep. in the stands. You know, I, I don't know. I think you said you you had mentioned to me off air. Do you think it was a, a girl fight or was there a girl involved? I don't I know. know. But, you said something. There's someone looking at someone's wife or girlfriend. That's a, what the, I try to piece it together with like I click around and then I search it because there was a really <laughs> bad Winnipeg and Colorado fan fight that there was charges laid. So I was asking you off the air if there was any charges laid on this one. I, uh, think I didn't hear any charges, but I did see some beer being floating around everywhere. Yep. And there was this guy <laughs> having the time of his life recording that and. He was just having an absolute blast. but I think he was leaving, and then all of a sudden he grabbed his phone out. Because <laughs> like, he was oh in another God. video where he wasn't filming at, at first, and then I saw his video, right? That He's like, was- oh, my God, they're fighting. This is awesome. <laughs> like, that, that's hilarious. But, I like, you know, to, to answer your question, you know, South Florida fan base is different. If you're not winning, a lot of people tend to, to have other options available that they'd rather want to do. Yeah. But they have long-term there. memories down there like elephants. Like, they remember For stuff. For sure. Exactly. You know? and, and we know that the Panthers historically have been, okay, one foot forward, but then here comes two steps back, you know, when we thought we could take another step forward. And that seems like what's been happening so far this year, that, you know, there was a step forward last year, even the year before, a step forward, another yep. step forward last year. And now this year you feel like, well, hold on, we're taking – we've taken two steps forward, now we're taking – wait – three, four steps backwards. Like what's going on here? I thought we were going, uh, you know, forward potential, you know, no playoff doubt. We were going to make it for sure. And now and be ready to play in the playoffs, whether we lose or whatever the results may be because we're up against the cap, but we're going to be ready for it. Yeah. And it's like, how can we get fans are saying, how can we get ready for it if we're not even going to make it? And I think at this yeah, point, there's sure. only going to be one or two wild card spots open the way that the east is going it's not like the east last year which we're trying to tell the fans david like look 
who's in front of us, but mm-hmm. we have to worry about ourselves. Like you've said this past week or two, and we have to win games and collect points, which we're failing to do and giving away points in like the Edmonton and St. Louis games. And then that makes it tougher when you play the Boston's New Jersey's Pittsburgh's of the world. Cause you know, you put a good effort out there and you don't come away with two points. Then we start to really fall back. And, you know, we've taught, we've talked David, and I said this on your behalf a lot. Cause you know, after you've got home from the game and come on spaces and gone to bed, I've said like, David, and I have been aligned on this part all along with the Panthers. It's going to come down to this summer and what Bill Zito does with that cap money. And then we're going to truly evaluate this team. The fan base is already ready to throw Maurice out the door. Some probably aren't happy with Zito. Some might even want to throw him out the door. But we're like, it's going to come down to what they do this summer and offseason. But in saying that, David, we had them kind of second, third in the division. We weren't even really talking wildcard, but we would have probably... But taking that if it if things didn't go well and slow start, which it was a slow start. But at this point, yeah, we're starting to worry even if if playoffs are in our future here, which I don't think any of the fan base expected, even the ones that are optimistic, pe- mm-hmm. pessimistic, the realists. I think I'm a realist. I thought, you know, yeah. at worst, maybe a wild card spot. But yeah, I don't think it will be acceptable if we don't if well, we don't get in. And that's what Bill Zito was saying. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to uh, I forget the name of the podcast that he was on. They had Bill Zito on there. And was it daily of, face off or something like that? No, it was, I think it was some podcast from Finland. I don't, I don't know. It was some strange podcast I'd never heard of. And you know, the thing that, that really stood out to me, what he was talking about was listen on paper, we're top five in the league on scoring, you know, chances created. We're top five in the league in expected goals. We're top five in the league in quality shots and quantity shots. We're top five goal. We're top five in the league in expected goals versus goals. So the paper is showing is is saying we should be better than what our record is. We had some fluky losses. Uh, we've had some bad breaks, but the problem is the the standings and the stats don't reflect the paper. So at the end of the day, the paper only does so much. It's the players and 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 the 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 organization that has to put up the points. And the problem that I'm seeing is that I think luck is starting to become a non-factor now because you figure, okay, 15 games, you know, okay, we've been unlucky, but now 31, 32, you're kind of seeing teams like Pittsburgh, Tampa, Seattle, uh, the most recent games, you feel like the Panthers aren't really the better team anymore, in my opinion, where in the, in the beginning of the season, when we lost to to Philadelphia, when we lost to Arizona, when we lost to LA, uh, when we lost to um, Columbus on the road, you felt like, okay, the Panthers were a better team. If they continue to do that, we should get results against teams that are maybe more competitive, like Pittsburgh, Tampa, uh, Seattle. And the problem is that now we're getting into those games and we're not getting those results. And that's what I think is the most frustrating for, especially and the goal those... differential, we're at we're at plus two right now, where we stand at the start of this um, well, recording here, right? Especially... Well, last year we were minus. I'm uh, sorry, last year we were like plus ninety two or plus ninety eight. I know that was crazy, but you look at Boston plus forty eight to going into tonight, Toronto plus twenty eight, Tampa plus twenty. Like we're way off of that down there at plus two, and even teams in the wild card spot plus ten, plus eleven. And then you got New Jersey who had a hot start there plus thirty two. So we're not even in their ballpark or realm if you just look at the raw numbers, David. And that that part's concerning. Well, the thing that is especially concerning is those that are optimistic are really losing their grasp on what they can continue to be awesome optimistic about this year because. We said, okay, 15 games, okay, 20 games, okay, 25 games, okay, 30 games. Like we're getting into that 
you know, we're almost halfway through the season here by the end of, uh, you know, uh, the middle of January. And, you know, there's no consistent play from the Panthers that leads you to believe, okay, you know, uh, you know, we're halfway through, we're, we're three, four, five games above 500. We're right in the thick of it. We still are technically in the thick of it, but it's, again, it's just, we haven't seen that trend of like, okay, we took care of Tampa. You know, that's great. Tampa's our rival. No, we get spanked by Tampa again. That's, it's like anytime you lose to Tampa, you're like, God dang, it's again, bro. Like, come on. I and they wait we for still... the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and they're like, we got this. Yeah, we got you, this. you believe that you're still in the game it. and it's gone. And, and that's been the first, the most frustrating thing to me that just, you know, being optimistic and and then the, the game comes and, you know, they, they lose or they don't play well. Uh, they win a game. Okay. You feel optimistic again. And, but then bang, you know, you get, you, you know, you don't, you fail to get points at home, which to me are always the most important. I think we lost seven home games all last year. That's including overtime and regulation, seven total home games last year. And this year we've lost three overtime games at home and four in regulation. So not even halfway through our, our home schedule. And we've already lost. Technically we've lost as many games uh, at home already this year. Uh, so that's that's the most frustrating. Haven't thing. won three games in a row. Haven't haven't pulled off a five game winning streak. Like it's just, yeah, just it's hard to see that when other teams two in a row is is <laughs> almost impossible right now for sure. But that's the part that's worrisome to me. That seems to be a long term effect for the rest of the season. It's like you kind of who mm-hmm. you are, who you are at this point. And I know we're dealing with injuries and a new coach and new superstar player and players in and out of the lineup. But those raw numbers that we were just speaking of there, and I know you have some polls to get into too as well from the fan base and comments and things like that. But that this part's just concerning of, you know, at one point we might need to win four or five or we might need to like Pittsburgh eight of 10. Are we capable of doing it? Well, I remember when I asked early in the season, will the Panthers make the playoffs? I remember very, very precisely. I think the percentage was like 89 to 90%. This was on Twitter about, I think like 600 votes at the time. I asked that same poll again about a week ago and the poll went down to 54% at will. I'm guarantee you if I ask that poll again tomorrow morning, we'll probably be under 50% right now because everything I've seen has just been uh, doom and gloom, which they rightfully so. There's very rightful, very rightful to be you know not optimistic. Yeah, I don't think it's the fan base overreacting to a loss at this point. It's just, it's just yeah, what just, it looks you're like. You're just seeing the trend. That's just the trend, and you're not seeing anything that's, you know, okay – the reason we're losing is because we're a bad team. No, we're not a bad team. It's just, we just can't find ways to get results. And, and, and everyone's going to go back to last year with, although maybe some games we weren't the best, we were just simply outscoring everybody. And we were told, Oh, playoff hockey, they're going to be closer games that the Panthers need to win these three, two, you know, two, one games in the, in the dying moments. And we're not even getting those right. now. We're not winning those three, two or two, one games. We're winning the five, one games and exactly. we're losing like five, two. And it's like, well, exactly. what are we? Exactly. We're not winning these tight games. If anything, they're tight. And then we just lose and, and get blown out in the second end of the and not getting extra points and things like that, that are very vital and crucial right now. For sure. So it's just been a accumulate accumulation of just frustrating, frustrating games that, you know, for those that are optimistic, I tend to, to be as optimistic as I can. And I, I know you do as well. It's very hard to continue to, to be that way, especially with the way that the, you know, the trend has been going, but some bright news we have, you know, Brandon Montour and his wife announced they're having a baby boy. So that's awesome to see. I know Tammy Montour follows our, our uh, did you get any message from her? <laughs> no, no DMS from Tammy uh, this week. <laughs> I'm trying to get her coming to spaces. So if she's like, listens to the podcast, <laughs> 
maybe gets a clip on your IG stories, you know, that'd be awesome. Yeah, nothing, nothing from, from Tammy. I don't know if you saw, I also posted a picture uh, from someone that was at the Columbus game. It said, I flew all the way from Poland for my first Panthers game. So that was nice to yep. see a little bit. That was cool. In love, Paul in love at the FLA live arena uh, on Tuesday night, but yeah. And then that same night, Kirby, I don't know if uh, you saw this as well. There was that sign that someone brought that said, "Oh yes, time for time to hunt for a new coach, fire Paul Maurice." And I actually posted that on our Instagram uh, the next day. There was some artwork put into that sign too. It wasn't. Just oh like, yeah, it looks like some scribble scrabble. The M is like a claw. Mm-hmm. The four is with the number four. A new coach with exclamation point. Maybe they got their kid to do it in art class or something. I don't know, but this guy, whoever it is, did a really nice job on it. So credit to him. But uh, you know, we'll talk about this after this commercial break. But I really want to talk about this sign and just some of the comments we had on Instagram. So hang tight, and we'll talk about that right after this short break from uh, DraftKings. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even bigger payouts. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So yeah, some of those juicy comments from that uh, obviously now famous poster on Instagram were, I I like this one. It it comes from Greg Miranda. He was saying, I think people forget that the Panthers coasted on a high-end talent and career years from their starters last year. Let's be honest, Brunette got outcoached both series last year, just barely beat the Caps, and got and got ratioed by Tampa. <laughs> yeah. It's Maurice's first year in Tampa. Players are still getting acclimated to the system. As people in these comments said before, not every year is a President's Trophy year. Fan base needs to relax. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah, it's like rational, like the the political way to to respond, you know, that that the fans or the media would like. Do you like that comment, Kirby? Yeah, I like it. I think it's better than some of our comments people will say from our head coach, Paul Maurice, (laughs) (laughs) after game. It's very, like, rational, but it's also not, like, blowing smoke up your butt. This expression, you know, that's, like, always living, like, in a fairy land, fantasy land or whatever. It's very, very rational. I think by Greg, you said there. Yes, so I, I like I like what he says there. And it's like sometimes you don't get that thought provoking stuff on Instagram. You just get like the the quick little messages and blurbs. But you've done a good job on Instagram of being able to create like a lot of dialogue there, which I like to do on my Twitter page and our spaces. So I love seeing those comments on, on your Instagram there and on a very controversial, you know, picture and post. Right. That, sure. Yeah, that one. That was actually one of the most liked responses from everybody, which was nice to see. There was another one here from. Uh, Maisha, I know Maisha, she's always uh, Samira Hingu. Yeah, Mira, Mira. Yeah, Mira. Yeah, she's always uh, interacting with us on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Haki Habibi. She runs yes, that. Haki Habibi. Shout out to Haki Habibi. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, even when we are Stanley Cup contenders and have a great coach, 
The NHL just finds a way to prevent that from happening. Coach Q's past suddenly coming back to haunt him 10 years later when his team was unstoppable will always be suspect to me. It, it is what it is, though. I still have, have hope for this season. So, yeah, she touched on it a little bit that obviously, you know, a bad break with what happened with Q ultimately led to the brunette and now Maurice yep. uh, era. You know, ultimately, it's something that the Panthers have to deal with. And we have to deal with it and move on, David, but it's always going to be tied together and linked together in that for history. Sure. Always Especially if we don't ever get over the top and get to the mountain. Always will be. Win a cup, right? It's always going to be like the what if and what would have been. And always as Panther fans, we use this line a lot. Why can't we have nice things? And, you know, sure. with the with the, the scandal and everything like that and what happened in Chicago, um, that situation had to play out like it did. So you just wonder moving forward what can happen, but it, it, the fan base has to understand something like that. You just can't pick up the pieces and move on. And we did it so seamlessly last year, David, mm -hmm. and made it like not realistic. Sure. And then for the fan base to come into this season thinking, oh, okay, this is a possibility of, you know, running it back and almost doing the same thing. No, not if you mm -hmm. look at the cap and if you look at kind of that miracle run that we were on. And, and like Greg had mentioned before Mira there, kind of how it all ended. Um, it didn't end great right. last year in the playoffs. We weren't happy, David, in our spaces community. We we wanted some change to happen, and 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 Zito and ownership did make change. So yeah. maybe some for the better in the Kachuk situation, maybe some for not with Maurice. But you know, you can't always come out. I don't know, smell like Rose and be like, oh, look what this team's done and that team. Remember, Vegas didn't make the playoffs last year, and this year they look right. good. So Winnipeg didn't make the playoffs this year; they look good. Every season is new to itself. I try to tell people that. And next year, we don't know what we're in for. Could be, could be a big upswing, but you know, things are going to have to adjustments are going to have to be made next off season too. And that ties into the next comment I wanted to read, which came from Armando, who is the host of Locked In Locked On Panthers. I think that's what it's called, Armando. Yep. Uh, yep. He commented on the Instagram post and also said. Reason why people want Maurice fired so bad is because their expectations were so high for the season and it's nowhere close to it. Expectation of this team being president's trophy caliber was irrational from the beginning, especially when that they made that trade for Kachuk. I want to see what Maurice can do, what Maurice and Zito can do when the $5.4 million of dead cap comes off the books next year. So that's kind of what we talked about, not just no. in this episode, but in episodes in the past where Although the the expectations were high for some fans, I don't think. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's correct to say a president's trophy caliber again, but a team that was maybe in the position that Tampa is right now, uh, you know, six seven games above five hundred, looking good, feeling confident, to where we are right now, I don't think people expected that either. But well, maybe the casuals, maybe the casuals. Right. But, or even just the big doubters from outside of the the, the fan base yeah. were saying the Panthers are definitely not going to be a, a playoff team, which Ottawa right fans, now, Ottawa and Montreal fans, but maybe they're kind of right, right. Which right, yeah, exactly. Which right now we're battling with Buffalo, Montreal, and Detroit <laughs> right now. Which I don't think I cannot see Montreal ahead of us, even with all the injuries at the end of the season, but crazier things maybe have happened in the league. Look at Montreal. That's what I'm saying. Up, right? That's what so. I'm saying. You figured we'd be at around 37, 38 points, you know, 17, uh, you know, 11 and four, you know, like I said, like have four. a cushion on those teams that were about yeah, battling, about them, battling for the division, second, third seed. But right now we're just scraping below the barrel. So credit to Armando there for sure. Saying that yep. the expected expectations for some fans were, listen, we got to be number one again, even with all the changes and even with a tight cap, we got to be number one again. 
And I feel like those are the loudest for sure, in my opinion. Armando's realistic like you and I are, David, but I think he's even a little bit more optimistic with us with what's going to happen and with Maurice and Zito and just letting it play out because, you know, it does come to a certain point, like rubber meets the road here. Are we in a playoff position or not? Like we're still expecting to make the playoffs. So does a tough decision happen um, with a coach or with a move within the roster or you just continue to play it out? And if you continue to play it out, yeah, maybe we do get in, but but maybe we don't, right? So... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comments, over 150 comments. Uh, unfortunately, I can't get to all of them. Uh, some say they love the sign. Great sign. I agree. Uh, someone said bring back. Uh, I, I don't think I could say that on, on, on air, but <laughs> um, Zito got too much sun over the summer. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but someone said absolutely. They love the sign. Smiling face. As a lifelong season ticket holder, I sit near sometimes. I sit near sometimes said that the Florida Panthers are not made to be a cup winning team. They would have done that already years ago. Ownership has changed things so many times and they want a return on their investment. They don't care about a cup. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, a it's it's a fan's take, but I don't know if I really buy in that. We've we've really even though we've been down at times this year in our spaces. And we remember we go post game for anyone that's doesn't know what Twitter spaces are. We go post game. Emotions are raw. I literally hit record that first minute or two after the game has ended. So fans, even at the end, they're like, ah, oh, maybe I was a little tired there. I'll take my words back a little bit. Right. And they'll step right. back on it, but they're passionate. And a lot of the words that they're talking about is the truth. But the one thing that we have said on that fans comment there, David is, where would we be in this organization without Vinnie Viola and Doug Sifu, right? Um, right. I, I don't know if the team would be in South Florida, if, you know, if it would be thriving like it has the past few years and, you know, the free agent acquisitions brought in, whether you agree with the Bob contract or not being able to bring someone in like that. And Matthew Kachuk wanting to play in South Florida and, you know, getting a coach like Quinville and whether people b- want to believe in not right now, getting, you know, coach in Paul Maurice, whether, you know, he's the most losing coach in franchise history, that's besides the point, but just being able to get, um, coaches and players and people into the organization that want to be here. Right. So um, that's the one thing I would, I would kind of push back on the ownership has done as much as humanly possible. I think to ice a competitive for sure to be a cap team, to be willing to make some moves that in the, in the past owner GMs and owners were very hesitant to do. Uh, You know, like we said at the start, you're hesitant to do, they're also looking for an exit plan and exit strategy to leave. For sure. And like I said, at the start, we've never signed a player of, of Kachuk's, caliber in his prime year over 100 points uh if anything players have been drafted and 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 developed into you know 60 70 point players like Stephen weiss uh huberto before his you know spectacular runs nick bukestads were around 40 50 points guys that we thought could build through the draft just weren't cutting it uh, so this ownership said, you know, listen, we got to we got to bring in some free agents to to really stem up the team and not overpay for these contracts that we're still paying. And not for. old free agents that are looking to retire in South Florida either. Exactly. That are in the prime of their exactly. careers or close to that. Exactly. So like you said, I don't think the ownership is about returning on an investment and then just, you know, yeah. I think they truly want to win here. That's and what the Washington Capitals times. are kind of doing. That's what the Washington Capitals are kind of doing right now with Ovechkin trying to break Wayne Gretzky's goal record. They're looking for return on investment, <laughs> selling. Yeah, they've been playing better though. They have. They been have. Playing better. They have. They have. But I think they want that uh, thing more. Uh, th- there was a good poll up here in Canada actually, and it was like I, I don't have the results in front, but they're like, would Ovechkin rather break Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record at another, another cup? cup. <laughs> and former NHL player said he wants to break that goal record. You know, so I, I would I think want the to. Too. Aspirations are team based, not 
not individual. You yeah, know? yeah, I, that's fair to say for sure. Hey, did you see Kirby John Cena followed me on Twitter? Did you see that? Yes, I get the whole break. What in the world that. is that? What is that? John Cena. Did I think you figure that one out. I don't even know. I I, I tried to send him a DM and it, and it didn't work. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't see of John Cena, but yeah, he popped up. That was some a, news this week in our community. Yeah, he popped up as a as a follower. So shout out to John Cena if you're listening. Uh, I'll make sure to uh to tag send you a dm with the link to our podcast if you're listening a uh, shout out to, to john. yeah someone in my podcast community that runs his own uh podcast network he he's he loves john cena so i i gotta wait to hear back from him on that one <laughs> but one player one player you mentioned the keyword love and that that'll tie into the next uh little little tidbit here we have love for aaron eggplant my friend boy oh boy has he not does he look bad uh, defensively? You know that song they play at the Miami Heat? The heat is on. That's like that's all <laughs> I was thinking today when we were going to talk internet. I feel like that's the fan base's number one headhunt right now. Do you agree yeah. that that's like it's just very very poor play from Ekblad the last a player that that yeah a player that wears the the jersey that doesn't you know stand there in a suit or up in a press box? I would say definitely Aaron Ekblad is the player is the person inside the organization that has the most heat on them right now. Like he's been on the ice for, I think over 80% of goals against in the last three games or so I wrote down. Yeah. Minus 10. He's and it's like just how he's come back from the injury. He's had time to come back and he's, he's kind of got worse as he's been back. And the the decor was, we talked about so much on our podcast and our spaces, David, like they were so stabilized and solid without him. And we're like, when is this going to fall apart? And it actually didn't. And then he came back. You know, there might have been one game in there mixed in there where the decor wasn't good without Ekblad, which is very reasonable to assume and to project. And then he comes back mm-hmm. and it's like, we're worse, like in the long run with him back in there. And it's like the pairings are jumbled up again. And really, a lot of our injuries have come and illnesses have come from the goaltending position, the forward position. Since Aaron Ekblad's been back, you know, Forsling's in the lineup, Monteur's in the lineup. We do have Gudis out right now, which hurts us a bit. Mahura's in the lineup. Kerstad's been called up. He's playing better than he did before when he was called up when, yeah. when Ekblad was out of the lineup. So the, these guys that, you know, and Ekblad's getting all the full minutes. He's getting the power play one minute. He's not executing there. He's not performing there. He's got games where he's had points, David, but I haven't felt it's been meaningful and impactful points. Remember, Aaron Ekblad led us in the past um, from game-winning goals, from goals by defensemen, um, from from overtime winners. So just like big part of the team where like when you have, and you know, Jonathan Huber on Calgary this year has been sitting on the bench in overtime for Calgary. When we start three on three overtimes, it was Orson. a staple. We had Barkoff, Huberto, and Ekblad out there. Now and Ekblad was one of the players that stood out for us in big moments against Carolina and, mm. and come from behind victories last good year. It's point, like, is point. it confidence? Is it injury? What is it with Aaron Ekblad? Because yeah, the fan base is really picking up here at Steam being like, you know, if he's not going to be the number one guy moving forward at 27, 28, 29 years old, then like we better move him for something before it's too late where we can't get value back. And again, that's a situation this year with our cap situation. But moving forward, we can fit Aaron Ekblad into our cap quite easily and have him there as our number one D. But if he starts to trend down to be a number two and a number three guy and he's getting outplayed by the likes of Brandon Martyr and Gus Forsling, that's very concerning. Absolutely. And and the thing that, you know, there's always been question uh, about his skating for sure. And but there was yep. never a question on his shot. There was never a question on his ability to to create offense from a defensive position. But it's just since he's came back um, from the injury, he played well. Like you said, he came back, 
was doing okay. He was actually producing relatively okay defense or offensively. But since December ticked, it's like, bang, like what happened? Like, is is <laughs> sorry, is the honeymoon phase over? And, and, you know, he got married over the summer. So I don't know if maybe the wife's keeping okay. him late up and <laughs> keeping up later or something like, yeah, hey, you need to produce more. I don't know what's going on with him, but yeah, that's the number one, number one trade talk right now that people are saying like, what can we get for Ekblad? Hey, that's the number one question I've been getting, like you said, from spaces and from discord and from stuff like that. Like, Hey, what is what is Ekblad's value right now? Because at the age of 26, for him to be skating like this and being injured all the time, can you really commit to him to a seven, eight-year deal when he's 28, 29, you know? It's very That's- concerning. Like, do you cut his power play one minute? Do you take him off the first unit? Remember when he was coming back and you and Ryan kind of pushed back on me? I was like... Do we just work him back slowly in that second, third pair? And you're like, no, no, he's your horse. You put him back yeah, to where he is. And he was playing some decent hockey when he first came back, but now he's like back to regression to the mean. It's like, this is the part I have problem with a coach and any coach, but Paul Maurice, it's like, he loves his veterans and he loves the core players and things like that. If they're not performing. Like you should sit and watch, you know what I mean? People have talked about scratching this player and that. I know David, you've said in our spaces, we don't have the luxury of Fort afforded to be able to do that to someone like, you know, a Barkoff or Kachak or Ekblad if they're not playing well, but a player like Ekblad, you know, is not performing well in the power play starting to really, really struggle five on five takes that delay of game penalty the other night. I don't know what the hell that was. It's just like, <laughs> you like make them hold them accountable. Cause if that's Ryan Lomberg, this is what our fans will say. Yeah. In our speech. He's not he's seen another minute. If that's Lusto, he's not going to be seen. Even a guy like Lundell, our future, he's not going to. And we've talked about Paul Maurice, how he's been quick on the hook with Spencer Knight and some of his starts. He's out of there. So, like, why doesn't Aaron Ekblad behold at that count? It's, it comes down to accountability. And that's what yeah. some fans that don't like Paul Maurice hold against him. It's that word accountability. And that's the word that um Brandon mentioned in our Jets podcast. And that word has kind of stuck with me here through the month of December, David. Yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping that Ekblad can turn the page because I mean, he he broke the record last last game as the most games as an as a Florida Panthers defenseman in our franchise's history. So, I've been a believer of Ekblad. I've always wanted him to perform well. You know, even when we drafted him, he was a fantastic addition to the team. Battled Much with, needed. We didn't have that number one defenseman since yeah, battled Bowman. with battled with some concussion issues early on and and was really destined to be a Norris, you know, caliber type of defenseman. But just these injuries that have kind of picked up and picked up and been rushed and been rushed. Hey, we need you back for the, for the, the playoffs. We need you back for the season. We need you, you know, to, to get here quick because we don't have the luxury of another, you know, one B defenseman that we thought we had in Uyghur. And now we don't have that right now. We need you back. You know, when you got injured in Boston, we need you back quick. And, yeah, I'm still hoping that that Ekblad can turn the page and get back to what he was um, last year before he got injured. But you know, what I, does our co-host Ryan have to say on him? Because he's been messaging you. No, Mr. Ryan. Ryan wants him gone. He he he's like, what can we get for him? You know, at the age of 26, you got to remember Ekblad is 20. He's still young, but for defensemen especially, he's been yeah. playing. But he's been playing since he was like in the NHL since he was like 19 years old. So he's got like seven, eight full seasons of of hockey and normally not hard hockey in the playoffs, but hard hockey on his body with the concussion. Yeah, he's been playing 24 minutes since he was minutes know, since yeah. the 17, 18 season. And yeah, he's got, he's 26, but he's probably got a 30, 31 year old defenseman's body just on the amount of games that he's played already at, at his young age of 26, over 574. And how his body has adapted to that 
style yeah. of play versus a Forsling Monter. We hate to mention these names, but like a Keith Yandel who doesn't go heavy into the corners or play that two-way style of game. It's just, I don't know, like you think he's an offensive gifted defenseman, but then we try to want him to be a two-way defenseman as well. But right. his body's just not holding up for the for what we need him. It's like his mind, I've said this to our fan base, his mind's telling him that he can do stuff on the ice right now, but his body isn't allowing him to do it. Right. And is it a short-term thing, David, or is it a long-term thing? Because if it's a long-term thing, it's very worrisome. Well, here's a good comparison that, that I had pulled up before we talked about this. Brandon Montour, who's 28, two years older than Ekblad, has 400 games played, 403. So he's got about two seasons less worth of games than Ekblad does, and he's two years older. So like uh-huh. I said, Ekblad has been playing since he got drafted, and although he's 26, like we said, his body – has just been playing like he's 30 years old. It looks and when like- you play in Canada and you're an exceptional player status, like I've said about Aaron Eckblad, that's only handed out to about 15, 20, 30 Canadian hockey players in the history of the time that they've handed out exceptional status stuff. Mm-hmm. He's played for Canada internationally and big tournaments and probably from the time he was 10, 11, 12 years old, like leaned on. And people don't look mm-hmm. at that as like, oh, okay, he wasn't in the NHL then. But there's a lot that goes into a player like Aaron Eckblad into where he was and that draft pedigree green being the first overall pick so it goes way back then right and he was exactly. getting concussions before he and even came into the league he got one in an international tournament and i've always yeah and i've always felt that for the value that ekblad was i felt like his contract was always it was a good one it wasn't where we were paying yep. too high you you know you didn't feel like you were underpaying i think it was fair value it was fair for both sides he yeah, was getting and, I give, and if, if he was healthy then it would have been even bigger of a steal for sure yep but this is now where you start to think he's got two years left after this year. He's going to be 27. His body's probably like 30, 31. Can you commit to a real seven year deal with him? I don't know. I don't know. And we're talking about going long into the playoffs and having these teams that we want to build yeah. with, with Lundell and Knight Kachuk. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's some know. serious doubt. There. There's some doubt at the head coach position, what we've been on the ice this year. And there's, Definitely dealt within the fan base organization, maybe even start to with Aaron Eckblad in that health situation. Yeah. But like I said, I, I really hope for him and I really hope that, you know, he can prove those doubters wrong because I, I I truly think he was something special and I still think he can be for sure. David, but, and just to end on it, I would hope that by February, March, we'd barely remember talking about this. But that's I, my I do too. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Uh, and then one more thing here before we wrap it up, Kirby, I wanted to ask you, uh, I put a poll out this morning. Uh, it's been about 12 hours now that we're recording. When we post it, it'll probably be around 20 hours since I posted it. And there's been about 800 votes now on this poll that I had. And uh, real quick here, the the question was: Is the most is this the most disappointing start to a season in the franchise's history? Now we got to remember we've had a lot of seasons of no expectations. What is the draft class looking like this year? next yeah. year but there was never a season where you're coming off of a season like we had last year yeah. and and the start we've had so i'll ask you is this the most disappointing start and you've been you've been following the team since since yeah, since the 96, beginning 93 <laughs> for sure yeah. has this been the most frustrating for you personally as a fan yeah. Well, if you're going to go through the whole annals of history, I'll just break it down really quick. I don't think 93 to 96 plays in there because the Panthers were were like, I think one game away from making the playoffs in the first season or two. I think the Islanders just squeezed them out. And actually the Islanders went to the conference final that year, I believe against Montreal. And then year three, the Panthers go to the finals year four, they lose in the first round. So maybe that fifth year, I'd have to go back and look that 98, 99 season. That would maybe be one. Another one that stands out for me would be um, the Gerard Gallant season after the division title, 
Um, Huberto gets injured, gets his Achilles cut in uh, that military exhibition game. Um, and then and that season just kind of goes off the rails very early on. So expectations that seasons were heightened and then Glant gets fired. Tom Rowe comes in. So that would definitely be another. Um, uh, another one would have been, yeah, like go, going back to maybe like a season with Pavel Bure. Um, it, it's really hard to like kind of pinpoint which season in this organization's history has been one with me. One with me is when we traded Le- Roberto Luongo and brought back Todd Bertuzzi and Alex Ald and Brian Allen, I believe. And that season went off the rails really early. That's one of the seasons I point to be one of the most disappointing. If not, um, it just felt like this franchise can't dip any lower in the front. Everyone in the fan base will think that's maybe new to the Panthers, David, that this season feels really bad, but it's nothing like that when you lose your franchise goalie in a trade. And it's like, there were starting to be questions, like I said earlier in the podcast, if the organization was going to survive, you know, um, empty buildings, empty rinks. And I know we don't want to go back to that, but those are some dark days and moments and things like that. Having a player like Pavel Burry and not being able to put a team around him. But yeah, this season, I, I can see fan bases saying that David, if they're a new fan, if they've been following the team for five years or less, and then you put in that caveat of the expectation level coming off a president's trophy winning season, firing your head coach, making the tr- big trade, um, you know, having Paul Maurice now in, in uh, leading the team and him not performing well as a coach. So mm-hmm. I can see a lot of the fans saying that as their answer, but a lot of the fans also, I think you'll read or comment on, they're like, how long have you been following this team for, right? Like we were the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, uh, some people could say the Florida Marlins at some point where the Arizona Coyotes are now like that's where the Florida Panthers were right like right. N- irrelevant bottom of the league and you know our fan ta- our fan base talks about that this season I don't see us bottom you know being bottom of the league and with all the injuries and everything happening I just see us kind of around that playoff bubble worst case scenario so I, I have a hard time saying this is the worst season but I do see where fans come from that um coming off the season that we did have yeah, just some comments here. Vincent, who shout out to Vincent, he's always in our Discord and spaces. He said, based on the accomplishments of the previous year and the expectations on this team going into the season, it's hard not to say yes for me to be very disappointed and probably the most disappointed I've been to start any season. So that that's again, he's followed the team, I think, like for five years or eight years. That's a valid point. Like we said, the expectations were there. What we saw last year was, well, like we said, probably never be seeing again um, in a regular season point of view. But yeah, it's just it's very frustrating. Uh, Cameron Floyd, you could probably tell this guy's probably been following for a long, long time. There, there yeah. have been way worse. That's all he said. That's all he said. There have been way okay. worse. <laughs> That's my short answer. I'm long winded always. But yeah. Agree with Cameron. Yeah, uh, Adam Cohen said, based on what they accomplished last year, yes, it's very disappointing. Uh, let's see here. Frank Kessler said as a fan, since the second year, regrettably, there have been way too many low points. We have only acquired our core through high draft choices because of barf. He he has a little throwing up emoji barf seasons. So he's kind of saying that the seasons have been worse and we've had, you know, picks like Barkov, Huberdeau, and Ekblad because the season's worse. We're so well, bad. even going back to Horton, Weiss, and Bowmeister, that core was supposed to be better than it was, and it right. never accomplished anything. Maybe I don't even know one 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 playoff appearance kind of with that core. And again, no first round series wins, right? Where this core has done more than that with the presence trophy last year's playoffs winning the first round. So yeah, there's been worse. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Hines says the reason I said yes is because coming off a of president's trophies 
season, second round into the playoff season. And this is what we have to show for that success. Maurice, truly, this is a debacle I expected. Idiots running the show in Sunrise cannot have success. So yeah, some harsh words there from from Jamie. Tua season says there have been worse starts but from where we were last year and the expectation of this year. I would say this is the worst start I've ever seen. So it's pretty much 50-50 as of the time of recording. It's 44% saying, yes, this is the most disappointing start of the season. 47% say, no, there have been way worse. And 9% pretty much said, I don't care. Just let me see the <laughs> the results. Yeah, yeah. So if you wipe away the I don't cares, let's say we split that in the middle, it's probably 52% say no, they've been worse, and 48% say yes. So pretty much straight down the middle with almost. And a lot of recency years. bias there. We're in it right now. Like Absolutely. we're in it. We're in it as in this has been tough. So we're right, right in and it. We're, right and now. we're in a and we're in a time now where, you know, like you said, in the 98s, 99s, there was no way of uh sharing your expressions online per and se. tracking the analytic numbers <laughs> yeah. right and like what yeah. were the lineups looking like remember like when quinville came in teams were like well like, we had brian boyle on the ice and people are like we had joe thornton like last <laughs> year so it's like go back and look at some of those lineups B- brian boyle and joe thornton will look a right. lot better than whatever the panthers were icing then right so you can't go back on twitter or, or instagram and, and dig up old posts there's message boards back then that i was in and even before message boards so it's hard to like dig up all that stuff and figure out how bad it was and different things like yeah. that but it's nice to have some of the older fan base the OGs, say yeah it's been worse but then also some of the people that have been following the team for a year or two or five years or 10 years i worry about those fans david because yeah. you don't want to those lose are the ones you don't want to lose exactly those are the ones you don't want to lose that's what the, the this organization has been getting respect from getting this new wave of fandom between that 18 to like 30 range and Absolutely. just building off of that. And then ones even younger than that, that, that we don't see on social media that are going to the rinks with their moms and their dads and their families. You don't want to lose that because it's just uh, South Florida and the Panthers are starting to build something special. And you want this to just to be a short hiccup in the franchise's history. And you don't want this to be a prolonged thing where we've seen it far too many times as, mm. as Panther fans from, from the inception of this franchise. Well said there for sure. That, that was exactly what, what I was thinking, and you said it right on the money, that the newer fans that just got into the team, you know, two, three years ago, you know, things have been going great, uh, you know, playoffs, 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 and now where, you know, things are getting feisty, and, and you know, now the, the tempers start getting high. Was, you know, obviously tempers were high last year after the playoff loss, but, you know, you expected regular season success more than anything, and, and we're not getting it, so now you're seeing – some people turn on each other, some people, you know, having some harsh words for one another. So, you know, stuff you don't want to see, but at the end of the day, you know, you hope that, you know, the, the, the Panthers can turn, turn things around, you know, you never know, but yeah. Uh, other than that, Kirby, I think we've, we talked a lot tonight. I'm very, very happy with what we talked about. I'm sure you are too. Any, anything else you wanted to add? Anyone, anything I forget you, you think? Yeah, we got uh, something maybe non-hockey related to get into here, but I'm looking forward to our next two podcasts, Missing Ryan here tonight. I know we got something special in the hopper, maybe for a Christmas uh, podcast episode, and then we're working on something in the new year with um, some Dallas Stars podcasters to kind of break down right. Mason Archman in that contest between Dallas and Florida. So we're hoping to get that one out sometime in the That's new right. year as well. So looking forward to our next two or three podcast appearances and miss, Missing Ryan and can't talk about football with Ryan here. So there's a big uh, football oh. game. 
I'm sure up. Ryan. I'm sure Ryan is nice and warm wherever he is. He's on in snowy Buffalo, where the Dolphins will be on Saturday night. I, I today was a good day for me, Kirby. You want to know why? Because one, it's Friday. You know, we'll drop yeah. it on Saturday, but today's Friday. Uh, I had a good day at work. Nice payday. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a haircut, which is always oh, nice. Getting a haircut is always good. You look in the mirror and you look, you look, you look like five years younger. Yeah. And... We don't really care about that in Canada right now because we always have our tooth on, but. You know. <laughs> No, 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 no. I still got my my fedora hat on. No, I know, I know how you are. I know how you are. <laughs> and and I got my I posted on the Discord. I got my Tyreek Hill jersey in just in time for tomorrow's game. So maybe yep. that that gives the Dolphins a little bit of love. And uh, why you have prediction on the game? Uh, I still think the Did Dolphins. Gonna, I still think the Dolphins are going to lose. Wow. But I'm just saying okay. that for the fans. Oh, you think you are supposed leave? to? You aren't supposed to ask me that, Kirby. <laughs> oh, come on, we got to. I got to know. I have to watch the second half of that game tomorrow because the Panthers are playing New Jersey. We're not going to host the spaces. I might do like a special yeah. one on Discord. Prime time Saturday night. Yeah, prime time Saturday. Night. I have to watch that game for our podcast alone, so my eyes can see what's happening. So right, when you right. catch that third, fourth quarter, hopefully it's a competitive game when I when I when I turn it on, turn the game on, and see how it goes. Because um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have some fun spaces communities here. Uh, chats with the NFL playoffs coming up. Yes. We'll do like an AFC and NFC preview. So you and Ryan, by all means, welcome to come along for yeah. the AFC and stuff Shout so out. we got a lot of cowboy fans in the community but we got a lot of fins fans too there's never an episode without the cowboys and cowboy fans in the community uh in the spaces last night so it was nice getting a little football every chat. Episode, Someone came in and said, why are you guys talking football why are you not talking hockey and then we reverted back to every hockey. episode has to have something cowboys really. <laughs> come on I, I'll, I'll accept it because they're actually a decent team if the they're cowboys, playing a state of florida team this this week the cowboys were three and eight or three and ten i wouldn't want to hear a people. i know yeah 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 i know you're a front runner you like the you like the top team, so you should like the Cowboys. <laughs> and then shout out to all of those that are off. We fantasy football playoffs yep. for our our Discord community and our whole Panthers community starts this weekend. So anyone that's in there, good luck. Whoever I'm playing, I think I finished the four seed. Kirby, you with the two seed, three two seed? seed? I think the one guy lawsuit. I don't know who that guy is. I, I'd like to see some of the fans that are in our league um shout out in the fantasy football. Yeah, league. I know there's yeah. like five or six of us, but everyone that's in the playoffs by all means like. Come yeah, in and chat because we want to know who you are and everything like that. Yeah, so. I got a tough matchup against uh, the team. It says it's team team. Theodore Schmidt, tough matchup. And Kirby, you've got NASCAR rugs, which is Alec Luckman. Yeah, uh, and I want to give a shot. Is, is it Alec or Alex? Alec. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alec. Alec, you need to get like a quarterback in your lineup. So <laughs> like you hear this tomorrow or something? Or oh, just, geez. Last right. time I checked, he didn't have a quarterback. In, and everyone's been doing good with their lineups. He dropped Russell Wilson or something. Oh, that's right. Maybe he's waiting he for the I don't want to have a free win here. Like, you know, come on. So, yeah, I, I got I got the guy that I'm playing. Hunt. He has he has your boy Zeke, so I need Zeke to have a quiet night in Jackson. Okay, I got Pollard, so well I'll I'll let Zeke have a quiet night. <laughs> I already got uh DJ Metcalf with twelve and a half, so I've got a twelve and a half. All right, all right. Yeah, hockey hockey fantasies is looking good too. I think I'm like in fourth or fifth. Kirby, you're there, top two first, if anything. You're you're looking good too. So having yeah, a lot of fun there having a lot of fun there for sure like we said lots of prizes that are going to be coming out when the season yeah, giveaways that you're giving away dude yeah giving away right now in the discord a tumbler uh to anyone that enters the discord and just simply uh goes to the giveaways chat and enters there real simple you did ticket giveaways there yeah we've done ticket giveaways we've done uh panther cards giveaways lots of giveaways that 
uh, will continue to do things. And items season. from people that are not in the Florida area that can be eligible to win that you're Yeah, anyone can win. Win. anyone can win. Anyone can win. I'll, you know, I'll, whoever wins, I'll, I'll get in communication with them and work out something to send to them. Maybe um, like Ryan would say, maybe get some palm tree Panther swag in there. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm always I'm always open for for whatever to uh to give back to the listeners and everyone that's just supported yeah. uh Instagram, Twitter and, and our Discord has just been great. Uh one last year quick other non-sport or hockey related World Cup. France, Argentina. Football. Para, para quién? Yeah. Well Oh, was I supposed to that's understand Spanish. that? I did my group. That's my Spanish. group translator ready. Spanish I need for someone who? For who? For who? For who? Who are you going for? Remember, uh, my pick is still alive. I picked France from the beginning. People are like, why are you picking a team to repeat? Like, that never happens. So I'm on France. All right. I'm on Mbappe. And maybe some more heartbreak for Messi it would be a second World Cup championship yeah. loss. Right? Yeah, I'm looking at my Messi jersey being hung up in my office and but you're more of a Ronaldo guy. I'm right? a Ronaldo guy, but I also that's like being a Federer guy and not a Jokovic guy. But something. I also respect the legends of the game, and uh, obviously, I'm a big Ronaldo guy. For France to win would be nice, but if Messi could finish his international career, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it either. Well, sure. I think a lot of the soccer world would like that. That's not like pro Ronaldo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The Mbappe Messi, I hope, put on a show on Sunday uh, for a fantastic final for sure. And it's been a great tournament. Uh, nevertheless, a lot of drama, uh, throughout the tournament. So excited for that uh, on Sunday and yeah, excited for the Panthers to play some tough games. Like we said, coming up New Jersey, um, uh, on Saturday night, then we going into Boston and then we come home on Wednesday, uh, to play New Jersey again at home. So we'll see Brunette back in the, uh, FLA live arena next Wednesday. And then from there, we'll probably have our next episode out. Uh, to preview the games after that. So uh, other than that, Kirby, thank you again. Shout out to everyone. As like we've said, uh, Kirby, you know, very active on Twitter. If you don't follow Kirby, uh, make sure you do at KJ loops on Twitter. Uh, myself, if you guys follow me, thank you guys so much. If you don't, it's at uh, David nine, five, four FLA. And then uh, for Instagram, it's FLA Panthers FP uh, for sure. So, Thank you, Kirby. I hope you had fun today. I did. I had a blast talking about the last few weeks and what's to come. And I uh, hope you stay warm, my friend. Thank you. And just uh, if everyone's just hearing us for the last time before Christmas, the holidays here, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And um, yeah, we'll be active here on Twitter spaces and after every game and things like that in our Discord community. So yeah. um, looking forward to hearing from a lot of you when you're back home, spending time with your families and things like that. Like we say in South Florida, Feliz Navidad y Prospero Año. That means Merry Christmas and Happy New Year if we, if we don't hear you over the next two weeks. But we'll definitely have uh, probably two episodes by the end of the year. Um, so I'm excited yeah. for those to come. Oh, special like things in order yeah. here for the holiday yeah, a season. A lot of special things for the holiday season. Maybe some eggnog for you, Kirby. I'll, I'll send you a Florida Panthers toque if you give me your address. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you, Kirby. Shout out to Ryan who wasn't here. I'm sure he'll be oh, on Ryan. the next one. Love our boy Ryan as always. And a couple shout outs before I follow Anthony, we met at the game, and Matt from Instagram, who we met at the game. Shout out to you guys. Thank you guys for uh, wanting to meet up with Ryan and I. Uh, it was really nice to see you. And if, yeah, if you ever see me or Ryan around the arena, uh, make sure to stop by and uh, say hello. We'd love to talk to you and meet with you. But like we said, thank you all. Uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, Kirby, go Panthers. Go Cats.